another episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. If you're here, you were here because you did not see a promotion. You just follow or you subscribe or you just happen to click on the show in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and stumbled upon this. I am taking a break from social media this week, so I am not promoting this. So if you found this, it means you are a listener. So thank you so much. I kind of feel like, you know, when you used to have CDs or maybe even like records, I mean, they did it on cassette. I'm sure they did it on cassettes too, where like you had the hidden track. So if you kept listening after, you know, 10, 20 seconds of silence, maybe a minute, you found like a hidden track. I really miss that about music. Like I just realized that. I feel like you were a true fan if you just listened to an album the entire way through. And I feel like with music being digitized, I don't know that it's as much fun, honestly, as it used to be. And I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of out on a limb here and you love digital music. And I, I do think it it's great. I mean, you have music at your fingertips, but at the same time, I just... I miss like CDs being released or I remember like going to Target with my dad and picking out like the Whitney Houston cassette tape. And it was that and CDs were in this weird like plastic thing. And sometimes they wouldn't open it before you left the store. Like they wouldn't take it out of that weird thing, like when they have security tags on clothing. So you'd have to like go home and get scissors. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of miss those days that I feel so old, but whatever. But as I was thinking of doing this episode without any sort of promotion, that's what came to mind is kind of like a hidden track on a CD or, or a record. And I think I may actually do that in future podcast episodes is, you know, kind of play the outro music. And then if you actually are one of those people who stick around until the very end, like the literal end, you'll get some sort of bonus Christy thing. So lucky you, and you may not be enticed to stay on to the very end of the podcast. I know I'm not one of those people, but I don't know. If you're curious, then maybe hang around for the next episode past the outro and see what happens. But I wanted to drop this episode because I saw what was happening over the weekend in Israel and and Gaza, and I saw stuff on the news. I don't watch the news, but I, I saw things here and there because my husband had it on and it was really disheartening. I didn't have details. Like I didn't see images or or anything like that, you know, that we later saw released on like social media and, and various news sites, but I just knew it was happening. And my heart went out to all of those that uh, were impacted. And Tuesday was my first day on social media. Like Saturday, I was just busy and 
wasn't really on it except for like very early in the morning. And then Sundays, I always take off from social media. Monday was a holiday for us. So I was like, I don't feel like doing social media. So just kind of chilled, took my kid to school, watched a few episodes of the morning show and then picked my son up and that was it. I don't really follow a lot of news-ish sites on It's Actually Christy or My Happy Feel Good Place. So Tuesday, when I went on Instagram, you couldn't avoid people talking about what was happening, people sharing images. There is one news site that I follow, I follow called The Free Press. And hearing the stories, I mean, one, I... I love, I can't remember her name, um, the woman who started that site. It really does seem like an unbiased news reporting site. I love how she speaks. Like she's very articulate. She's very informative, very matter of fact. And watching her, I think she was on CNN or something along those lines speaking about what was happening. And then also on that site, they were sharing images and stories and interviews with people who had, you know, kind of recorded a video of what was happening and and sent it in. I was overwhelmed and I couldn't handle anymore. Um, It just weighed my heart down. And I just decided, like, I could not watch anymore. And there's, like, this thing I wrestle with in my mind in terms of being informed and not being informed, but having a lighter heart. And I just struggle with getting these like horrible images and stories like out of my mind so that I can get to a space where I can focus on work or I can focus on my son. It's just in the back of my mind. And I just didn't, I just didn't want my mind to be filled with those images and those stories. And to some people that may sound incredibly selfish and that's okay. Like, that's okay. I just, I know what I can handle and what I can't. And I know like the amount of tragedy that I can handle and still function effectively and show up as me. And I know what I can't handle. And I think a lot of us kind of have this like doomsday curiosity where it's kind of like when when you're freaked out about something medical and so you go on webmd and you just basically go down that rabbit hole until like you find like cancer or something and i may or may not be speaking from personal experience but there's this weird kind of like doomsday approach to like bad news. And it's just kind of like you get 
bad news and then you get more bad news. And then it's just kind of like this downward spiral. It's like it feeds off of more bad news, like the bad news and the bad feeling like feeds off of more bad news and bad feelings. And it's like this weird anxiety thing. I I realize I'm probably not doing any justice to how I'm describing this, but I'm doing my best. I just think of like that plant from Little Shop of Horrors where it's like, feed me, see more. The more you consume bad stuff, it's like kind of the more bad stuff you want. And then for me, when I just look at kind of like our world, I feel like we've become desensitized to a lot of things because of conditioning. And if we're constantly seeing these bad things, like I don't think it's going to make what's happening in the world like less shocking, but the more we see it, the more we're going to continue to like scroll and scroll by it. Like there's just this desensitization. I feel like that comes along with like that doomsday scrolling and I I'm very sensitive And at the same time, like, I want to be mindful of that and honestly, like, kind of like considerate of myself and how I'm feeling. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be desensitized to this. Like, yes, it, it hurts me. It hurts my heart. It impacts me like thinking of all of these innocent people that have had these terrible things done to them. These parents that don't know where their kids are. These people that have lost their babies, women who are being violated on people's dead bodies. I don't want to be desensitized to that because it's awful. And it's just kind of this weird juxtaposition of wanting to be informed and at the same time wanting to kind of create this bubble where I'm aware, I'm somewhat informed, but I don't need the nitty gritty details because that's actually not really helpful. I don't need those details and and more details of that nature to think that what is happening is appalling and tragic and a ton of other things. So I've kind of created this little bubble for me this week where I haven't been on social media and I know what's going on. And I've been asking my husband, like what's happening. And I have friends who are Jewish that I have been checking in with but I'm not on social media and my heart and my nervous system are better for it. I pray for everyone that has been impacted. I pray for everybody who is frightened, who has to think about their personal safety because something that they believe in is different than what someone else may believe in. But I'm just not inundating myself with, all of those details, because I know it's not healthy for me. I think other people can receive that information, like my husband and 
it just affects him in a different way. I don't know. Maybe it's trauma. I feel like childhood trauma is like, it's just applicable in so many areas of our life and how we receive information and process it and all of that. But I've created this little bubble for myself and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I've realized that creating this bubble, like it doesn't mean that I don't care because I do. And if someone else perceives me kind of putting myself in this, this bubble, like if someone perceives that as me not caring, that's fine. They can think that I know that that's not true. And ultimately that that's really what matters. Um, I don't need to post anything. You know, I think um, it became very trendy for people to pose with their vaccination card. And that was the first time I heard the phrase like virtue signaling. And so I feel like there are all of these types of things that happen in the world. And we have to, we feel like we have to post something on social media because if we don't, then there's going to be this perception that we don't care. And the thing is, people are going to have like opinions and perceptions of you regardless of what you do. And as long as you know how you feel and you're okay with that, for me, like that's really what matters. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to be really posting anything directly about this because I don't, I don't need to, you know, but it's, it's been a hard week. And I feel like, you know, like when the war in Ukraine started, there are all of these big things happening and we feel like we can't make a difference. You know, like what, what can we do? Okay. Like we can donate money, but some of us don't have money to spare. And sometimes people want to make a difference in other ways. And so when I think about like how we can help, okay, yes, you, you, you can donate money. If you have the ability to do that, you can organize some type of drive amongst your friends or your family or at work. Like if, if there's a need for supplies, like maybe you look into that and you organize that. But I think how we can also help is by focusing on our circle and who we directly touch in our daily lives. So me, you know, reaching out to my friends that I know are more directly impacted by this than I am, who are fearful, like reaching out to them, checking in with them. I think also checking in with your friends and your family and and just approach it like, Hey, I know a lot is going on right now and it feels really heavy. How are you doing? You know, like, are, are you impacted by this at all? If you are like, do you want to talk about it? Just having those types of conversations, because I just feel like it's, it's hard to not be impacted in some way by this type of tragedy, you know? And I think too, I mean, something else that, that we can do is just be kind to the people that we interact with on a daily basis, be considerate, be friendly, be warm, be helpful. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, 
the coffee shop I go to that's across the street. I, I go there probably every day. They have doors that open inward. So if you were going into the coffee shop from outside, the door swings into the coffee shop. But if you are going out, the door opens inward. And it's like a door where it doesn't have, it's not like the security doors, you know, where you can just like push it with your elbow or your hip. It's a door that has like a little doorknob that you click with your thumb and then you either have to pull or you push. It is very hard to do that if you have both hands full. If you're carrying like two cups of coffee or, you know, you have like stuff in one arm and coffee in the other. What I usually end up doing is having to like stack. So I'll stack my coffee, my coffee cups and I'll like very carefully, like open the door very, very slowly. And then once I get the door open, it's like, I'll take the coffee cup that's on top, set it on the table outside. And then I go back to the door and I pull the door closed. When I see people even approaching the door and they are in a similar type of situation, I always, always get up and open the door. Always. I cannot think of a single time where I have seen someone and there are tables literally right there by the front door. I have, I can't recall ever having seen someone and not done that, but I can tell you how many times I have had my hands full and people have opened the door for me. Zero, zero. People are sitting right there and watching me do this balancing act. And not one time has anyone gotten up and opened the door for me. Now I'm not trying to say like, oh my gosh, I'm the most considerate person in the world or maybe this town, but it's something that I notice. And I think it's easy to get, in our little world, in our little bubble, like when we're out and not be considerate of other people, whether it's like holding doors open or intentionally going up and opening a door for someone or paying, you know, for someone's coffee behind you or leaving a bit extra as a tip or letting someone cross the street in front of you, even though you're in a hurry or you're at a four-way stop and just letting someone go, even though it's not their turn. Like there are all of these ways that like we can be considerate of other people and we don't do it. And I feel like now is a time where we need to be kind. We need to be considerate because I think people are just hurting and the way it shows up doesn't look like hurt. It doesn't look like sadness. It doesn't look like despair. It doesn't look the way we think hurt looks or sadness looks or insecurity looks. So we don't really label it that. Like if someone's rude, there's a reason why they're being rude. And even if you're like someone, you're like, yeah, well, they're just an asshole. Well, they're an asshole for a reason. And it's not to say like you need to tolerate somebody being an asshole, but there's a reason. And I think like just having more compassion and, you know, I'm thinking of myself too. Like there are certain people that just irritate me. It doesn't matter. There was this some e-card a long time ago. 
and it was like do you remember those seven e cards um they're, they're like these snarky greetings that I just I love it was like whenever I'm annoyed with someone it doesn't matter what they do I am annoyed with like that person from that point on it's like oh my gosh, look at that bitch. Look at how she's chewing her crackers. It's so annoying. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> just laughed because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so relatable. Like when someone is on your last nerve, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what they do. Like you can find something wrong with literally everything they do, but it's like, well, what do you choose to see? What do you choose to focus on? But I'm, I'm being honest. Like There are those people where I'm just like, you do something nice. And I'm like, why did you do that? Like, what do you want? Why are you doing this? I don't trust it. And I think we just need to be more compassionate with each other. We need to be more considerate. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot going on in our country. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of divisiveness and One of the things that I've been like thinking of during this past week is like, I think there's this quote by Mr. Rogers and I'm not going to get this right, but it's basically like during times of tragedy, I think his mom told him this during times of tragedy, it's easy to focus on what's tragic, right? I mean, that's like what's front and center, but it's like, look at the helpers, look at the people trying to make a difference, look at the people trying to make things better and like focus on that. So I've been thinking of that. And then I've also been thinking of how tragedy can actually serve as a source of connection. And I think of like 9-11 and I think of how connected our country was at that time, like all of like the stuff that we allow to divide us, to pit us against each other. It was like for that period of time, it didn't matter. And when I think of like how divided the world has become, I want to say like in the last four to six ish years, maybe a little bit more, um, there, there's just a lot that people don't like about each other. There's a lot that people take personally that maybe they shouldn't take personally. Like there's just a lot that has pitted us against each other. We have a ton of different opinions on a lot of things, but when I see things like this happen, one of the things that I think about is how many people feel similarly, like How many people right now are horrified by what's happening? And so when I see that, I choose to be reminded of how, yes, we are different, but if you dig deeper, the same things that that bring me joy likely bring you joy. The same things that horrify me and break my heart are likely the same things that horrify you, that break your heart. So yeah, we might have these, these pieces that are different, but at our core, I think we are so much more alike and aligned than we realize. So when I see things like this happen, there's, there's some sort of peace that's brought to my heart because I'm like, okay, we're all 
equally horrified by this. So what does that say about us as just human beings? Maybe there's, there is still hope for us to connect and align on things that are meaningful, that impact us at that basic human level. That's what I'm really choosing to focus on, I guess, is kind of like the light amidst this darkness. And, you know, there's a lot of like woo-woo talk, like be the light, be the light, blah, blah, blah. But really it's like, you can get lost in the dark or you can choose to be that little flicker of light. And I want to be that little flicker of light. And so that's why I have stayed away from social media this week, because I can't be that flicker of light if I allow myself to get lost in the darkness. And so I wanted to record this episode because I wanted to one acknowledge, like if you were feeling like crap this week, if your heart is heavy, like I want to acknowledge that. If you are someone who has been like barraged with all of those details and you're able to consume that information and not have that really impact you, great. If you are someone who has been consuming that all, all of that information and it's making you feel weighed down and hopeless and depressed, maybe take a few days off and know that that doesn't mean that you don't care. It means that you care about like your mental state and that matters. I also wanted to drop this episode because I wanted to encourage you to focus on the light in these types of situations. I wanted to encourage you to be that little flicker of light in the darkness. I know it's really hard, but the world needs more light. And I feel like we think at times, like I'm one person, like, what can I do? I talk to my son all the time about a ripple effect. And it, granted, it's usually about time in the morning and how there's a ripple effect. You have a certain amount of time. If you take longer at one thing, there's a ripple effect and it's going to impact something else. Kind of like when you go to the doctor and they're late for one appointment. So then they're late for pretty much everything else the rest of the day. And that's why you sit in the waiting room for two hours. But there, there's a ripple effect when it comes to light. There's a ripple effect when it comes to kindness and compassion and, and genuine caring for someone else. And when someone's nice to you, when someone's kind to you, like, doesn't that kind of feel good? And you know, if you go to Starbucks and, and your coffee was paid for, like a lot of times, like you share it with someone or you'll share it on social media and that may inspire somebody else to do something kind for someone else. And we just need more of that. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to encourage you to be kind and be compassionate with other people, especially in times like this, be that little flicker of light because that little flicker of light it can illuminate a dark room. And then think of if you have like a hundred little flickers of light in a dark room, what's the impact going to be? Pretty significant. So do what you need to do to take care of yourself during times like these. Reach out to a friend that 
might be impacted by this. Reach out to a friend that's not really impacted by this. Let someone know you love them. Let someone know you care about them. If you see someone doing a balancing act with their coffee, get up and open the door. (laughs) Pay for someone's coffee. Leave an extra tip. Donate money to a cause that you care about. Organize some sort of donation drive. Have a yard sale. Donate the proceeds from that to an organization that's close to your heart. Donate, like donate whatever you make from that to maybe a family or a person that's struggling. There's so many ways that we can make someone's day brighter. I encourage you to find a way to make someone's day brighter today and tomorrow and maybe the day after that, you know, because of the ripple effect. So I am going to end this episode with, a little interview with my kid. He was having a good dream yesterday and my husband woke him up, (laughs) interrupted the dream. And my son was pretty upset by it. So I said, here's what we're going to do. Sometimes you can go back to that dream. And there's this theory that if you write down your dream, you'll remember it. So why don't we take that a step further? I will ask you questions about your dream. We will listen to that recording before you go to bed. And maybe that will get you into a state where you're thinking about that. And then your subconscious will continue that type of dream when you fall asleep. So the interview was cute and I just wanted to share it with you. I just wanted to end this on a lighter note and that's it. So thank you as always for listening, especially if you found your way here without any sort of promotion. Thank you so much for that. Please do something kind for yourself. Please do something kind for someone else. And as always, stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others and enjoy my interview. Okay, Milo. So can you tell me about this really fun dream you had? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was Jurassic World, and it was with Ellie, is a little girl, and Emma and Jenny and Eric. We were going to the Triosphere ride, uh-huh. but then Dad ruined it. Okay, but why don't you tell me more about your dream? That's it, Arlo. You were going to the gyrosphere? Mm-hmm. Were there dinosaurs around? Yeah. We saw all the dinosaurs and we saw a little bit of tracks. Okay. What kind of dinosaurs did you see? Dinosaurs? We didn't get to go because before we got on, Dad ruined it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's not focus on Dad ruining the dream. What kind? You said that you saw a bunch of dinosaurs. What kind of dinosaurs did you they see? They were so small. Oh, do you think they were babies or were they adults? They were adults. Okay. Were there so much to do, but then. Okay. Um, Were all of you, that's a lot of people. Were all of you going to fit in the gyrosphere or were you going to take different ones? Uh, there's, there's three seats inside one drive through here. Okay. But there were four people, right? No, there was three. Oh, okay. Got it. 
and was was it sunny or was it like cloudy and rainy sunny it was sunny it was sunny and cloudy it was sunny and cloudy okay were there other people there or was it just the three of you lots of people did you have to wait in line to get on the gyrosphere yeah. Yeah. It's only four people in just the first line. Oh, well, that's a really short line, huh? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys do anything before you went on the gyrosphere? Uh, we, we came to get a hot dog. A hot dog? What did you put on your hot dog? Uh, ketchup. Ketchup. What about relish? Ew. No? Mustard? Ew. You know, some people put chili on their hot dogs. Ew. Ew? Not good. What did your friends eat? Did they have hot dogs too? Or did they have like funnel cake or popcorn or nachos? Hot dog. They had hot dogs? My mom's with ketchup and then they got ketchup too. Okay. And you guys were there by yourself? I wasn't there? No. It was only us. Oh. I didn't dream about you two because I kind of dreamed about myself in there. That's fine. You don't have to dream about us being there. That's fine. Did you guys see the Mosasaurus in your dream? Yes. Yeah. Was it like in Jurassic World? Did it come out and eat the shark or was it just swimming around its gigantic tank or lagoon or whatever it was? Well, the shark was about to to get ready eaten. The shark was about to get eaten? Mm-hmm. Did you see it get eaten or no? Well, not yet because you have to wait in line. Oh. You have to wait in line. Is it a show where the shark gets eaten or do you just go up, watch the Mosasaurus eat the shark and then you're like, okay, let's go to the next attraction? No, remember... The seats go down. Oh, so it's like a show, like when we would go to SeaWorld. Right? Remember? Well, we have to go down. The seats go down. That's pretty cool. And then you can see it underwater. Mm -hmm. That would be super, super cool. Okay. What color was the gyrosphere? Was it clear? Clear and blue because the sides are usually... Because the things that keep it together are usually blue. Okay. And then who was going to drive the gyrosphere? Was it going to be you? Yeah, because those little kids don't know how to drive. I think Eric was four and Ellie was three. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we will play this tonight before you go to sleep. Okay? And that way you can get back to dreaming about this one tonight. I promise you can go to Jurassic World one day.